It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's Scottish Cup semi-final weekend in the sun As Hearts look to be the first team through Celtic look to continue their domestic dominance Against Aberdeen at the National Stadium tomorrow And four points separate the bottom half of the Championship How will that look come five o'clock this evening? I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans It's all about the fates now Hearts are into the final They'll play Celtic or Aberdeen the Hearts captain, Christoph Berra, has never been in a major cup final. The Hearts manager, Craig Levine, has never won a major trophy. So it's all about the fates for them. They have cleaned up against Inverness Cali Thistle this afternoon. Although the twists of fate did play a cruel trick on John Robertson's side, they seem to have scored a perfectly legitimate equalising goal only to have it wrongly called off for offside now everything turns to the championship is it a good thing that four points separate half a division at the bottom of the league it might be a good thing might be a bad thing it's certainly an exciting compelling thing this afternoon Hearts 3 Inverness nil. We're going to go to the National Stadium As soon as the full-time whistle goes But Mark Wilson Scottish Cup semi-final weekend Always a special weekend in the calendar It certainly is Gordon uh, Love this time of the season Because the big games come thick and fast And going to Hamden Is some special occasion You know I was lucky enough to go there For a, a good few semi-finals myself um, And it's a great occasion Hearts I think have negotiated this one Pretty well um, But the big one tomorrow All eyes on On Hamden Park Celtic versus Aberdeen A big test For both sides um, A lot riding on that game And then Hugh's right The Championship How interesting is the Championship This season I, I mean Bottom and top All all to play for So You know Firmly looking forward To today's action Yeah this is a warm up act today Really Gordon With the greatest respect to them Hearts have won comfortable But tomorrow's the big one Aberdeen coming down Looking to try and get a result Against Celtic Treble treble Still on the go and then we look at the championship today, so plenty uh, on offering. And of course, Hugh Keevens, no top flight league football. This is the, the week's rest, if you like, before yeah. the post split fixtures pick back up. And uh, plenty of intrigue once that happens. Well, Hearts into the Scottish Cup final. They're up first, 12.30 next Saturday versus Rangers. The team, they have been unable to land a glove on this season. They've beaten everyone in the top six Hearts, or got points off everyone in the top six, except... For Rangers Yep I think the full time whistle Has gone At the National Stadium Let's see If we can speak to Andrew McLean And get the full time picture Of Hearts and Inverness Hearts 3 Inverness nil. The full time score From Hamden And Craig Levine's side Book their place In the Scottish Cup final Thanks to a convincing Second half performance From the Jambos In all honesty The opening 45 It was really poor Both teams struggling To create anything In the way of clear cut chances But the Jambos Lifted their game In the second half And it started just 30 seconds after the break Ollie Lee's thunderous strike From miles out Had to be tipped Over the bar By Mark Ridgers But a couple of minutes later They then took the lead A short corner Was played to Jake Mulready He fired the ball Low across the box and Uciek Piezu got his foot in to fire it past the goalkeeper for 1-0 it could have been so different for Inverness after that Joe Chalmers had a free kick it looked destined for the top corner but it was a fantastic stop by Zlamal to tip it onto the bar and then a controversial moment indeed Jamie McCart the centre back a lovely curled finish from him when the ball was played through to him he was flagged for offside it won't count but it did look like the ball through to him came from the Hearts player Jake Mulraney possible wrong flag there but 
the decision was made and 10 minutes later it was another goal from Hearts a set piece again for them as the uh, corner came in Ollie Lee's corner it was played to the front post it was flicked on actually by an Inverness head and John Souter stole in and volleyed it high into the net for 2-0 Uciek Piezu had a real hit and miss game some great runs during the during the game but most of the time nothing came of it but with 15 minutes to go he took the ball past goalkeeper Mark Ridgers who could only take the striker down for a penalty substitute Sean Clare he stepped up calm as you like and he rolled it into the bottom corner for 3-0 the Jambos they'll be back here next month for the show piece occasion against either Celtic or Aberdeen the Highlanders Scottish Cup dream ends here full time score from Hamden Hearts 3 Inverness 0 there we are Hearts are through to the Scottish Cup final we'll find out tomorrow if they'll take on Celtic or Aberdeen on the balance of what we saw this afternoon Hugh Keevans it kind of went how you would expect this tie to go with a team from the top half of the division above doing a, a professional job without ever having to be outstanding doing the job and getting through to the final it went that way Gordon eventually I think if the Inverness Cali Thistle goal had not been disallowed the match might have taken on an entirely different complexion because so much focus was on the Hearts manager Craig Levine today had it gone 1-1, then the pressure would have been on Hearts in general and on the manager in particular. But all credit to Craig Levine. He has never won a major trophy in a long managerial career. And now he gets at least a shot at it on the 25th of May against Aberdeen or Celtic. What was your uh, prediction? Uh, prediction, just out of curiosity? I went 3-1 for Hearts. So another oh. one wrong then, as far as I can <laughs> see. Uh, Mark Wilson, you do have to feel uh, for Jimmy McCart. I mean... Talk about the turn wow. and finish from any player Never mind the big centre half And it's yeah. ruled out for offside Potentially the wrong call Oh it was an incredible goal What a turn, what a chip But I mean he's robbed him The The officials have robbed him Of probably the greatest moment of his career And it's a, a real shame um, But you know it took a little nick uh, Off the Hearts player um, And it, it was it was a wrongly disallowed But I think Hearts managed that game pretty well I think when Inverness got them 0-0 at half time I think a lot of people including myself would have thought Inverness, you know, are very difficult to break down once they get you to that stage. However, Hearts used their real physical presence, especially at set pieces, yep. and got their rewards in two of those goals from set pieces. You know, Inverness switching off in a couple of them, but that's what Hearts are a big physical side. Craig Levine even admitted it without Ike Piazzo in the team. They, they have to find another dimension But when he's in the team Set pieces and long balls up to him He's a real handful And he showed that today And I think Hearts thoroughly Deserve their place in the final If they're going to win Gordon over the over the course Whoever they get in the, the final Set plays will be crucial they, they, They've got such a, a big team yeah. They've got Ike Pezu Suter, Berra uh, Herring in the middle of the park And they're, they're lethal at it And that's exactly how they go the breakthrough well, as well The style of football has been criticised Not all Hearts fans appreciate uh, the way that Craig Levine sends his team out to play However, what does it matter on semi-final day? The, there are only two types of football Successful football and unsuccessful football And Hearts were successful today That's yeah. game number one of the weekend out the way Let's start going around the grounds And get a feel for what's happening in the Championship this afternoon We will bring you all the post-match reaction from Hamden We will preview Celtic and Aberdeen at length And after 3 o'clock We're going to be joined in the studio by Paul Hartley As well A man who knows a lot of these clubs inside out So we'll get the, the inside track from him But let's go around the grounds first of all uh, Since he's made the longest journey Let's bring in Roger Hanna The Global Energy Stadium in Dingwall For Ross County against Partick Thistle Hello Roger 
Gordon, good afternoon from Dingwall and until the latter stages of last night's the United A United game, this looked as if it was going to be the, the championship coronation for Ross County. Anything short of a win for the United last night would have meant a victory for County this afternoon would have swept them back into the Premiership at the first time of asking. But Paul McMillan scored a late goal for United to beat Air United and that means even a win today against the Jags will keep Ross County waiting until Friday night when they go to Air United at Somerset Park. So the focus now this afternoon, the Dingle switches to Partick Thistle, who are in this incredible five-team logjam at the bottom of the table. Falkirk, 32 points. Thistle, 33. Alloa, 35. Queen of the South, 35. And Morton, 36. Any of them could go down automatically. Any of them could be thrust into that relegation playoff space. So it's just four games to go. Five for Thistle, remember, who have a game in hand against the air. The stakes really couldn't be higher. And it's not the time, Gordon, to have illness sweeping through the camp. But that's what's happened to Gary Caldwell's team. He's lost his first-choice goalkeeper, Connor Hazard. He's lost his first-choice centre-half, Stephen Saunders. Both have been ill. They're only able to take a place on the bench here this afternoon. And that means young Jamie Sneddon starts in goal. And as a recall for Sean McGinty centre-half. First time he's been seen in a Jags jersey for quite some time. So they'll go with Jamie Sneddon in goal. It's a back four of Christy Elliott, Stephen Anderson, Sean McGinty and James Penrise. Midfield diamond we think of Jack McMillan, Shea Gordon, Craig Slater and Blair Spittle behind a front two of Chris Doolan and Scott McDonald on the bench as we said Hazard and Saunders as well as Story, Fitzpatrick, Koulibaly, Mansell and Cardell. As for County as I say only two wins away from a return to the Premiership, a late fitness test for Michael Gardine, but he does start for County, they've got Scott Fox, the former Jags goalkeeper in goal at the back, they go with Marcus Fraser, Sean Kelly, Tom Gravosti and Andrew Boyle, in the midfield it's Jamie Lindsay, Josh Mullen Lewis Spence and Don Cowie and up top it's Gardine and Ross Stewart on the bench, Monroe, Fontaine, McManus Graham, Peyton, Armstrong and Murray and the referee at a Suncast Global Energy Stadium, Gordon, is Gavin Duncan. Clearly a difficult fixture on paper for Partick Thistle, Roger, but if you're looking for a confidence booster, if you're looking for a sign that you can be the team that gets out of this mess, surely a win against the champions-elect would be the perfect way to do it. Well, you would hope so. They've already had one big win in the Highlands earlier on in the season and they come up and beat Inverness, Cali Thistle on their own patch. I still think they can get out of this. Um, they do have that game in hand and the other four teams down in this dogfight at the bottom. And if you look next week, they're at home to Alloa. What an important game that could be, not just in this season, but in the history of Partick Thistle Football Club because the setup, you know it yourself at Funhill, it's not a setup of a League One team. They need to stay in the Championship. So they've got chances. Today, it's not the title party they were expecting in Dingwall. It's a little bit flatter than you might have expected had it been a title day. So, you know, could that play into their hands? Could they get something in the game in hand? And then, could they get something next weekend in, in the big six-pointer against Alloa? Let's hear from Gary Caldwell. Yeah, they're the, the top of the league, so they're the best team in the league. They're there for, for a reason, because they're a good side. But twice we've played them, we have gave them problems on, on both occasions up in Dingwall the last time conceded a penalty which was soft and a late counter-attack but they knew they were in a game we controlled most of the game and, and gave them a lot of problems without having any real cutting edge and then here for the first half of the game we were outstanding probably our best performance of the season and the challenge for us all really as a team is consistency over 90 minutes we don't need to be outstanding and we can't be really poor we have to find a minimum level somewhere in the middle of that where that consistency and that standard allows 
allows you to be in the game at all times. We sometimes have moments where we, we drop too far in the opposition. It's too easy for them to score goals and we have to get away from that. Uh, let's check in with Fraser Wishart. He's watching Alloa against Queen of the South. Fraser, what are you expecting this afternoon? Well, as Roger just explained, this log jam at the bottom of the Championship, and I think between now and the end of the season, there's only four games away for these clubs. I think every game is going to be absolutely huge, and it's going to be fascinating, but I think nervy for all the teams in- involved. And uh, given Alloa's recent run, as Roger says, they play Partick Thistle next week, so what a chance they have to put a bit of distance between themselves and the Jags before they, they play. But they've won three in a row, and it's caused real problems for all the other teams at the bottom of this division away wins against fellow strugglers Morton and Falkirk in the last week and I think it's only the only part-time team in the division they've just cranked up the pressure on the other clubs around them because they're full-time and as Roger says you know they need to stay in the championship financially more than anything else and very much a team effort by Alawa Jim Goodwin I think has proven to be a very very good manager and surely will be the next guy to get a job at a bigger club his team's organised motivated good footballers in midfield in particular likes of Ian Flanagan and Alan Troughton in the midfield and they're the biggest goal threats for the team as well but for today's opponents Queen of the South they've gone from beating top of the table Ross County 4-0 in January a game I saw down at Palmerston they were in the mix for promotion but now are in deep trouble at the bottom of the table only one win in 11 games since that game against Ross County and Stephen Dobby's of course been the starter we talk about him every week on this show 21 league goals 40 and 41 games in all competitions but a huge blow for Gary Naismith is that Dobby misses today's game with only three weeks before the end of the season it may be unlikely that he could play again and if he does it certainly will be in the last game or two of the season and it's all been a struggle for them elsewhere within the team but others now have to step up to the mark and get the goals to get them out of here two teams sit 7th and 8th levelling points a win today would be huge for either club a huge step towards safety especially with Party Thistle away to Ross County the team's for Alva, they line up 4-4-2. Neil Parry's in goals. John Robertson, Scott Taggart, Andy Graham and Liam Dick at the back. Stephen Hetherington, Kevin Colley, Ian Flanagan and Alan Trout in the midfield with Dario Zanatta and unknown Celtic youngster Jack Aitchison up front. The substitutes are Jack Hamilton, Adam Brown, Jordan Kirkpatrick, Zach Karadaski, Reese Peggy, Connor Shields and Chris Henry. For Gary Naismith, he's picked Jack Leefield in goals. A back four of Scott Mercer, Darren Brownlee, Barry Maguire and Jordan Marshall. In midfield, Michael Doyle, Kyle Jacobs, Ian Wilson and Josh Todd with Andy Sterling off the lone striker Lyndon Dykes and the subs for Queens Callum Fordyce Fraser Aird Ian McGrath Connor Murray Ewan Gourley Robbie Everson and Denise Mehmet and the referee today at the Inner Drill Stadium is Kevin Clancy uh, The other big championship match we are featuring on this afternoon comes at East End Park bit of a derby this one between Dunfermline and Falkirk Mark Guidi is watching that Yes, you're right, uh, Gordon. It is a big derby game here at East End Park. Dunfermline, who are safe right in the middle of no man's land, fifth place, can't really get into the playoffs and certainly no danger of going down. But they face a Falkirk side sitting bottom of the table and that's not where they want to be. Falkirk will be supported by the best part of a 1,000 fans making the journey through to Fife this afternoon and they will face their rivals Dunfermline. And as though Dunfermline don't really have much at stake, they will love nothing better than winning this game today and keeping Falkirk at the bottom of the table for uh, Dunfermline Stevie Crawford goes with a 4-4-2 he's starting line up Ryan Scully in goals at the back James Cregan Lee Ashcroft Danny Devine and Jackson Longridge in midfield Matt Todd James Vincent Tom Beedling and Ryan Blair and up front it's Fizal back Tui and Bruce Anderson on the bench for the pass Cameron Gill Mark Dunning Callum Higginbottom Aidan Conley Miles Hippolyte Stuart Morrison and Robbie Muirhead for bottom of the table Falkirk massive game today Ray McKinnon goes 4-4-2 Harry Burgoyne in goals at the back Kieran McKenna William Edgingale 
Paul Dixon and Jordan McGee in midfield Dimi Petravicius, Paul Payton Abdul Osman and Ross McLean and up front it's Aaron Jarvis and Zach Rudden on the bench for the Bairns David Mitchell, Nico Todorov Thomas Robson, Shane Lavery Mark Waddington, Davis Dunn and Ian McShane and today's match referee at East End Park is Willie Collum Hugh Keevans we really should celebrate it I realise that for those involved for the players, for the management, for fans it's tense and it's not too pleasant but as a, a spectacle to have an entire half of a division separated by just a few points that that's a magnificent level of competition fans love football on a tightrope and in all three cases today you have compelling viewing Jim Goodwin is the man who's thrown the spanner in the works here because Aloha have no right to be where they are they're the part-time team in the setup they were the one Expected to go down automatically But Jim Goodwin keeps pulling out results for Aloha That have taken them to a place where they are frightening those around him So that's a massive match against Queen of the South Dunfermline Falkirk, a derby Why? One's in Fife and the other uh, isn't in Fife uh, But why it's a derby is not important uh, It's more important that Falkirk are at the bottom of the league And the Dunfermline fans would dearly love to be the the team who put them closer to Division 1 And then Ross County No title party But Do they have too much a Patrick Thistle On a day when As we've been told Fate has played a cruel trick on them Costing them the goalkeeper and the defender So In Chris Doolan And in Scott McDonald Mary Hill trusts Do you know the interesting thing Sorry Matt Just to, to reiterate what Hugh was talking about there In terms of what Jim Goodwin's done See mm. to get a part time team With the budget they're on And get three victories on the bounce it's a remarkable yeah. job yeah. that he's doing at the moment. And if he can manage to keep them up, that'll be like one in the league. And form. looking at it today, you might look at it and say they're probably the favourites to get three points out of the bottom three. Falkirk awaited them firmly. Would you fancy them and Thistle at Ross County? So, you know, Gary Caldwell will be looking at that going, our one three in the bounce. You know, there's every chance that they could go and, and beat Queen of the South, who are going through. A poor run of form and, No Dobie as well week, No Dobie as well So it's, it's possible Alec could win that And move even further ahead So You know A big day And it's great entertainment For, for us I'm sure great entertainment For the fans For the managers though I Oof. mean they're Oh, the nerves must be jangling away Yeah good for them Easy for us to sit back And enjoy it though This afternoon The sun is shining Football on the go What more could you want We are going to look back On some of the week's Biggest talking points And preview tomorrow's game That's coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results For Scottish accident And injury victims For 40 years Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here with me in the studio We have the top team all around the grounds this afternoon No top flight remember So the Championship and the Scottish Cup taking centre stage Hearts are already through uh, So we'll try and tie it all in We'll look at tomorrow's game as well And the implications that may have for Neil Lennon uh, Fraser Wisher, let's start with you uh, A big win for Hearts Not only because you want to get through to a Scottish Cup final But they were Perhaps under a bit of pressure Being the favourites And a lot of people Not too impressed With the way Craig Levine's Been going recently Yeah and I listened to commentary on, on the game It didn't sound as if Certainly the first half They played particularly well uh, Again and uh, If they had lost the game Then it was almost The end of the season For, for Hearts Because uh, they might Get fifth But uh, that would be Fairly difficult And to be honest I think they've underachieved I think at the start of the season We're all doing our tips I tipped them to be third They looked at their squad And I thought They're a strong Powerful team 
and I know they've had injuries to key players we've talked about it before of, of, of Vic Pierce who was out for a long time Stephen Naismith probably missed more than half the season with, with a couple of injuries so that's a huge blow because he's the key player he's the best player in, in their team and he, he's the one that triggers all their, all their attacks but uh, I think the pressure no doubt would have built on Craig Levine and, and on Anne Budge to maybe do something uh, and whether that happens in the summertime or not I don't know McCraig's might at some point go back to director of football role but uh, yeah, I mean, Hearts in the Cup final is great, you know, because they're a huge club, they get great support, but I just don't see them challenging Celtic, you know, and I know they've run them close at Tain Castle when, when there's a smaller ground and there's all the crowd behind them, and a big pitch at, uh, I'm, I'm seeing Celtic have to get through, of course, but, um, and, I, and I do think they will get through, but, uh, you know, on a big pitch at Hamden, I just don't see them challenging them, so for Celtic's point of view, I think uh, the, the treble rides on tomorrow's game against Aberdeen, win that, they've won the treble. Yeah, Mark Guidi, Hearts are already through, it will be either Aberdeen or Celtic to join them, and um, we, at this part on Saturday We always look back on The biggest talking point of the week And it's really been dominated by By Neil Lennon And what this job What this game I should say Means for, for his credentials do, do you go along with that? Can you hang them on this game? Well certainly If, if, if Celtic don't win tomorrow I, I think it puts Neil in a, in a perilous position In terms of um, You know Long term aims of, of getting the job um, Certainly if he wins a cup I think it puts them 75% in the driving seat if he clinches the chair. I think the league's in the bag, they're 1-1 away. So essentially, Neil Lennon is three wins away um, from the treble treble and potentially three wins away from the job. Uh, Interesting, the names that have been linked this week, Gordon, from Andres Villas-Boas to Roberto Martinez to Mike O'Neill to Rafa Benitez three, four weeks ago. They have all stemmed from bookmakers. They haven't stemmed from, and Roger O'Gree, I think, with... The old-fashioned journalism and contacts and stuff, it's, it's reacting to, to bookies. And uh, all you need is for half a dozen people to stick 10 or 20 quid in a certain guy and all of a sudden the rods came in. So that's what it is. But I do know that Mike O'Neill has admirers in the Celtic boardroom. I do know that Davy Moyes has admirers in the Celtic boardroom. And I do know that Neil Lennon has admirers in the Celtic boardroom. Um, I think you could look at one of the three of them being the next manager of Celtic. But Neil Lennon, at the moment... Absolutely the favourite It's probably his to lose Roger Hanna Yeah I mean Mark's 100% right I almost for a chuckle In the middle of the week Went and put £50 In Dick Campbell Just to see what The sort of reaction would be Because that is the way It now works If somebody puts money At the bookmakers The bookmakers react By cutting the odds And in these days Of social media A sort of whirlwind begins Um, I I agree 100% with Mark I think if Neil Lennon Wins the treble completes the treble I should say and gets a positive result at Ibrox in the penultimate league game I think it's very very difficult for Celtic not to give him the job um, I think David Moyes has already put his head over the parapet and said he would like the job at some stage I think he is still a live contender I'm not so sure any of the others who were mentioned this week from Martinez to Benitez to Villas-Boas I don't think any of them right now are live contenders for the job Well here's what Neil Lennon had to say himself He'll stop it you know, that's you know natural, and it may be that that's the way you know the club might want to go down that road. It's it's they'll make the decision. It's their club. It's the fans' club, and it's important for them that you know going forward they they're happy with what they're doing. So regardless of speculation, it's inevitable anyway. I'm just concentrating on the here and now and, and staying in the present of the job until until otherwise. Hugh Keevans, I assume that Neil Lennon has enough on his plate trying to deal with the pressures of a game against Aberdeen, the pressures of getting through to a Scottish Cup final without having to consider what it might mean for his future. No, it's all about us and the, the, the general public discussing what goes on now. Fans 
and the media love the speculation which surrounds who gets a job as big as the Celtic job. Last night's Super Scoreboard was absolutely fascinating because of the way Neil Lennon has polarised the Celtic supporters. It's almost 20 years since Neil came up from Leicester, made his debut for Celtic as a player against Dundee at Dens Park. Over the in- intervening years, he has become an idol of the Celtic supporters. But now, some of them, quite a large percentage of them, don't want him to get the manager's job. And my take on that is this, Gordon. When Brendan Rodgers was appointed Celtic manager, that was the Hollywood happening for the club. And now that they've had Hollywood, the fans don't want to accept anything Less than that And that includes A 20 year Celtic man Like Neil Lennon As for the choices Michael O'Neill For me I'd be astonished If he got the Celtic job Does a good job For Northern Ireland But club experience Next to nothing David Moyes For me again Managerial career In decline Since he left Everton So I'm not sure The Celtic supporters Would welcome him With open arms either It's an open race Tomorrow's a big one For Neil Lennon though he, in terms of his profile, he needs to beat Aberdeen tomorrow. Yeah, Hugh, who, who do you give it to then? Because you're, you're, you're very open there about knocking people down. Who do you give it to? Well, first of all, there's a big wide world out there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Celtic have done it in the past. You go back to Vim Janssen, you go back to Ronnie Dyla. It's the it's for Dermot Desmond and oh, Peter Lawwell. You, you're knocking down people. I'm asking you, give us a name. Who would you give it to? I think Lennon is in pole position. If he wins the treble, I think he's in pole position because I think you have to understand the dynamics here and you understand them only too well, Mark. The next Celtic manager has to deliver 10 in a row or yeah. he's a failure. Yeah, it's a, it's a, listen, the next Celtic manager, whoever he may be, whether it's Neil Lennon or anybody else, it is a two-year job. And uh, trust me, by the end of it, you'll be you'll be ready to go whether you get ten in a row or not. If you don't get ten in a row, you'll be sacked. If you don't get nine, you'll be sacked. Yeah. And by the end of it, because of everything that will go on in this city uh, over the next two years, you will be ready uh, for a rest. And in one respect, unless any in there, and he just doesn't sound his usual bubbly self. And uh, you know, it will affect him reading all these names mm-hmm. uh, in the paper. And it's a difficult one for the club because they can't confirm them just now, even if they want to. They need to see how it goes but I do feel for Neil Lennon having to sit with all this speculation day after day in terms of who might be coming in to get his job and the yeah. next Celtic manager has to have an idea of what 9 in a row and what 10 in a row means to yes. the Celtic fans going down a, a Ronnie Dyla route or a Wim Janssen route you know as successful as they were you run the risk and I'm not understanding that. what it you is you can't do that you yeah, can't you're you absolutely can, right it's got to be someday that British it's worked in the British game particularly even more so if they understand Celtic and Scottish football but you're right you're absolutely not a Ronnie not a Ronnie Dyler type that's for sure there's also a big uh, player clear out coming at Celtic and the, the, the man coming in is going to have to have an appreciation of what's required in that front as well uh, you know I know the supporters are looking at Neil Lennon and saying, well, he lost too many semi-finals and finals as a Celtic manager. Uh, we know all about the, the league titles that he won in Barcelona and all the rest of it. Uh, so they're split. They are polarised. But if Neil Lennon wins the treble, he understands the club from A to Z. He also understands what's required in terms of players coming in and those who are going out. But, you I mean, you say all this, Hugh, then how does that fit in with your earlier statement that there is a big world out there I get it I know what people mean about understanding 10 in a row of course it, it seems like a nice bonus but ultimately is it not just the best man for the job the, the best manager who can 
win you things regardless of whether he knows what 10 in a row is or not well I think that's part of it Gordon he really has to understand the, the, the terrain here uh, because this man will be charged with bringing history unprecedented history to Celtic mm. and the, he will be he will not be forgiven if he fails in that task we had a caller on last night who referred to the panic mm-hmm. among the Celtic supporters yeah, now yeah, about 10 in a row but, but that's what I'm saying uh, you're right it, it's such a critical moment it would be such a huge achievement so therefore surely you cannot run the risk of losing out on the best guy because you've limited yourself to people who are Celtic men no 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 the Celtic man thing went out the window with Brendan Rodgers going to Leicester Brendan Rodgers filled the supporters' heads full of I'm from Northern Ireland, I was brought up to support Celtic and they've been my club since boyhood and then he just went off at the first opportunity he went off regardless of whether the season was over or not so the Celtic man thing doesn't count however, a basic knowledge of Scottish football I think is is an essential it's purely a personal opinion I just think that Michael O'Neill at club level is untried I think David Moyes since he left Everton it hasn't gone well for him Fraser Gordon there's also a time factor here you know I know people are talking about 10 in a row and they must have a knowledge of of, of, of what's going on in, in the city the time factor is we're, we're sitting in the middle of April in three months time Celtic will have Champions League qualifiers and, and they are financially probably more important than the 10 in a row for the club we've seen the difference it makes to the finances the, and, and that Lustig in the Pairs today he'll make his mind up at the end of the season whether he stays or whether he goes Dedrick Bayata I think will be off there's a, need, there's a number of loan players going back there's a need to bring in players and very quickly and we've seen how difficult they were for Brendan Rodgers in the last couple of years especially when, when he's been there already you know this this uh, this last summer when they didn't actually get there so the time factor here as well you've got to, got to remember that with, with if he's going to go and get someday Peter Lowell from, from, a, from another country or another club then the seasons don't finish till end of May beginning of June there's internationals and then they're back immediately in for training so it's something that has to be done not not imminently but fairly soon and I, maybe, maybe that's why they're waiting to see how, how well they do in, in the cup for Neil Lennon's point of view I think that's one of the reasons Fraser that uh, Neil Lennon's very much in pole position uh, the reason he spoke last week he says I'm, I'm a part of the recruitment process with the backroom staff yeah. John Kennedy so again that puts him in pole position but going back to the actual point that he's all trying to make there about it's the best candidate whether he knows Scottish football or no because when he come in he'll have a philosophy he'll get the best out of the players and and then that was but, well, but in terms of that though I, I don't think it can be a, a guy that comes in and go some some even top managers come in and go oh, it's a project and we'll, we'll change almost everything look at Ronnie Dyer just but, take well, him yeah, for but, example but that's also and what ripped, Brendan Rodgers did though. And 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 I, know, I, know said, I know he said all this but for a guy who has spent his full career down there and looking at the way people view Brendan Rodgers yeah. now, do you really think Brendan Rodgers knew a lot about Scottish football when he came up here? Uh, well, I, I, I would argue he did. I think Brendan Rodgers, the way he spoke, um, and I know he always says he was a Celtic man, but I I think he was the type that would have had a knowledge, a certain knowledge about Scottish football. He might know about Celtic, Matt, but see when you actually know about your Aberdeen, your Hamilton, you know, all the rest mm. of St Johnson, for me, I don't think he would have done a great deal. He had a philosophy. I was listening to James Madison speak today about how he's implemented his ideas already training's been ramped up so they come in as their own belief you know what they can bring to the table that's what the Celtic board will be looking for as well they'll be looking for somebody with that kind of authority going I can bring Mm. this to the table and try and take Celtic forward and I think that's one of the reasons why I always say it has to go through an interview process have several candidates but see the five or six names Martinez and all the ones that we've mentioned they will have people already in a dossier they cannot get caught in the hop again like they did with Brendan thankfully for Celtic 
Neil Lennon was there to put, uh, in the show him in for that period of time but they can't they'll mm. already have people in place we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB Stephen is on he says he was hoping for Rose but he's off to mention Gladbach he should go for Philip Koku former PSV manager free agent won three from five titles in Holland uh, he asks the question Mark this is possibly one for you He says Why does it have to be someone From the British game This insular thinking Holds clubs like Celtic back uh, I, I just think What's at stake For the next year or two I don't think you can come in um, Not knowing about British football About Scottish football um, There's you know, If you're talking about Wine in the air I don't have a name But I'm told There's a, there's a Scandinavian uh, Coach Possibly in the frame Um as well, but I, I don't think it will be too far out the box. I think it's Neil Lennon's job to lose, but I do think, despite what Hugh says, I, in fact, I do know that David Moyes and Michael Neil have have supporters as well. Gordon, this is entirely, entirely an insular issue. Every man, woman, and child who supports Celtic wants ten in a row before all else. Champions League doesn't matter. I know it's a you can earn a fortune in there. If you offered them Champions League or nine in a row, we'll have nine in a row, thank you. Yeah, but it's the Champions League money that helps you yeah, deliver ten in a row. I, I am talking about supporters. I'm talking about those who buy the season tickets, who fill Celtic Park on every home game. I am not talking about people who have the the accounts in front of them. I'm talking about people who deal in emotion and not finance. And they want ten in a row before all else. And that's why it is. Some of the people who deal in finance are exactly the same. I'm quite sure if you were to shine a light into Peter Lowell's eyes today yeah. and say, Peter, you've got a choice. You don't get to the Champions League for the next two years, but you win 10 in a row. Yeah. I think I know what you'd go for. Yeah, the point I'm asking, the, sorry, The next Roger. two years are unique. Yeah, yes. I was just going to say, why, why does it have to be? Why does it have to be two separate issues? Though, for instance, if you get to nine and you're then going for ten, what gives you a better chance of getting ten? Twenty million in the bank yeah, from a yeah, Champions League yeah, campaign? You, you, or not? Why are, does it have to be you separate? Are, you are coming from an entirely logical standpoint. However, this is planet madness here, and the only thing that matters is. 10 in a row for the Celtic supporters and the only thing that matters to the Rangers supporters is that Celtic do not get 10 in a row so for the next two years of your life forget logic forget rationality forget understanding it's all about planet madness and who gets 10 in a row or who stops 10 in a row a mad vision of Celtic interviewing Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp says, I'm interested in managing Celtic. And they say, Do you know about 10 in a row? <laughs> no, I don't know. Ten. Right, go. There's a the door. There's a the door, Jurgen. <laughs> it, it, it is. I'm laughing at you, Hugh, because you're right. That there are lots of people out there who, who look at it totally differently. But the Champions League, as Gordon says, finances the winning of the league. It's about a third of their money. So uh, it's it's vitally important. And for me, I, I agree with the, the, the guy who tweeted in there. I, I, think, I think you don't rule out people just because they don't have a knowledge of the game in this country. Or, or what's going on with Rangers and Celtic. If you get that, if you get that, it's a bonus. You know, it's fantastic. Alan Rogers, top class manager, manager at a high level, and also knows what's going on. But uh, don't rule out people just because they don't know what's going on uh, in Scottish Fra football. Fraser, when Fergus McCann came here 25 years ago, the talk was of stopping Rangers from getting nine in a row. Yeah. And Fergus McCann was the only man in the place who said that's not important to me. What is important to me is rebuilding Celtic as a major institution. Now, Fergus was absolutely right, was a genius and delivered on all his promises. The stadium was built, the team was built to the extent it could win titles again and money was put in the bank. However, now 
Welcome to Planet Madness We'll leave that one there We'll park it for the moment Because less than 20 minutes to go Until kick-off in our 3 o'clock games We will go back around the grounds next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Hearts are through to the Scottish Cup final If you're just joining us They beat Inverness three goals to nil At the National Stadium A fairly convincing win for Craig Levine's side We'll hear from him and John Robertson as soon as we possibly can That means they're already through to face either Celtic or Aberdeen Who face off in the second semi-final tomorrow We'll be here at 1 o'clock So make sure you do join us But in the meantime We've got some cracking fixtures in the Championship this afternoon at Ross County against Partick Thistle Has implications at the top and the bottom Ross County could have won the title today Had last night's result gone slightly different So really it's now all about the bottom of the table About Partick Thistle um, Roger how much pressure is on Partick Thistle? There's pressure on everyone to stay up But particularly a club of their size A club who've just come down from the top flight Will they be feeling it that little bit more than some? Yeah, because when they came down with Ross County 12 months ago I think the plan had been for them to, to, to fight Ross County To go straight back up No one at all thought Even contemplated the prospect of back-to-back relegations um, It's been an odd season Alan Archibald went early in the season Gary Caldwell come in It was a poor start And then the team rallied for a few weeks A number of victories that They actually looked as if they had a little bit of momentum Are we going to pull away from this mess? And then suddenly Alawa get three victories, Falkirk get a result or two, and we now have this remarkable log jam at the bottom of the table where I think there's only four points separating the five teams as things stand at the bottom. And with four games to go, five for Thistle, and that could be the key, that game in hand, Gordon, any, any two from five could still go down, one automatically and one in the playoffs, and there's huge pressure boys mentioned earlier on the pressure that's in Falkirk in terms of the size of clubs Partick Thistle and Falkirk are bigger than the rest and and for one or other of them to get down would be disastrous for them and of course you mentioned the, the run of form they went on they did start picking up a couple of results I assume the idea of bringing in the Scott McDonalds of the world the Stephen Andersons of the world that bit of experience to really help you come through these moments it's been a bit of a mixed bag they Personally the two of them have contributed But overall they're still obviously looking for a bit more Well the two of them certainly have contributed And I've seen on a few occasions this season and you know, Either one of them is usually the best player I saw Stephen Anderson score a, a winner in the cup up at East Fife To get them into the quarter final And you know we're all praising hearts for reaching the final It took them two games to get past Partick Thistle in the quarter finals So when Thistle are good, they're good But unfortunately for Granny Caldwell Those good days have, have not quite come as frequently as he would have liked this season Roger, in general terms, I'll pose the question to you again. Half a league separated by four points and trying to avoid relegation. Exciting, yes, but is it necessarily a good reflection on the league? Well, it's going to be really strange because you would think someone is going to go down with a record number of points. You could throw a blanket over the five of them who haven't seen them all this season. There's really not much to pick between any of them. Jim Goodwin has done an absolutely fantastic job to get a part-time team, as the boys were saying earlier on, up and among the, you know, the rest. And, and with a real good chance, they've got... Queen of the South today in the game that Fraser's had they've got Thistle next week it's in their own hands to stay up he's done a terrific job but you, what you would wonder about Queen of the South if they were to lose at the end of the drill today Stephen Doby might not be there for the rest of the season they, they've scored 39 goals in the league 
though we scored 40 in all competitions, so that tells you his importance to Queen of the South. And Morton just can't get away either. They've got a tricky game on Tuesday night against an Inverness team that will be looking to bounce back from their hand in disappointment. So Morton aren't safe either. And it's it's absolutely fascinating. And it's also terrifying for the teams who are involved in it. A lot of this will depend on what Alawa do today. As the guys say, Fraser Wishart is there watching them against Queen of the South. Fraser, is Jim Goodwin one of the managerial success stories? Even if Alawa don't manage to survive, it still perhaps seems like he's done enough to boost his reputation absolutely yeah I think his reputation is, is, is growing game by game the way that he conducts himself we all know Jim I mean he was, he was a hard hard man on the field of play but he's, he's a quietly spoken clever guy and a good pro as a football player and I think that's reflected in his team which is, which is well organised and I'm looking at the, the pitch and it's been a while since I've been here but it's very very narrow and it's been brought in by five yards either, either side you know so I don't think it's going to be a classic the wind's blowing as well the ball will bounce around and uh, you know just looking around there's less pressure on Alloa Athletic last year at the bottom of the table Breaking I don't think won a game Dumbarton ended up being relegated in the playoffs against Alloa so it's two part time teams in the league but the pressure builds on Queen of South full time these players that pays their bills you know Morton are sitting at home watching the results they can't do anything because they were supposed to play in Burness Cali Thistle today so I think the pressure is more on these clubs than it is on, on Alloa Athletic if they go down people will say great well done Jimmy the fantastic performance the players will still be there part time next year they might lose a few quid out of their wages but for the, the full time teams the pressure is growing and growing and I think Alaba will win this game today and really, really crank up the pressure on the teams around them Cranking up the pressure on the teams round about them that involves your game Mark Guidi, Tim Fernland and Falkirk because they don't fall into the Alaba category They've both got really fantastic fan bases Tim Fernland and Falkirk Falkirk, you know, big turnover of players made the financial decision to get rid of the youth academy there's a lot riding on it for these clubs there is, yeah, and a big Falkirk yeah, fan base making the journey through here the, the, this afternoon. The, the, the man who'll be joining in the studio in 10, 15 minutes' time has, has managed Falkirk this season, started his career um, at Alloa, so he'll be able to give you a good insight uh, into it as well. But Falkirk need to win games. I think looking at it, um, Gordon, I would imagine that uh, 40 points will guarantee you uh, absolute safety, not even a playoff place, and uh, 39 might be enough to uh, maybe just to get you into the the playoffs but looking at it Alloa potentially if they win today and I, I agree with Fraser I fancy them they might just be one point maybe two uh, away from staying up and that would be one hell of a, an achievement it really would it would be as good as anything uh, achieved managerially in the Scottish game this season OK he's not always a happy man but he will be this afternoon Craig Levine is through to the Scottish Cup final and he's been speaking after that victory against Inverness uh, I think we ran out worthy winners um, the first half was a bit closer than the second Um thought we were a little bit nervous in the first half and maybe got rid of the ball quicker than we probably needed to uh, but half time came at a good time for us and we managed to settle the nerves a little bit and particularly once we got the first goal I felt we, we were in complete control and then other than, than the free kick uh, that Bobby saved I don't, don't recall any you know, any major chances for Inverness When your side is nervy do you is it easy to tell them to, to stop being nervous? Because it's kind of a natural thing, I guess, to play that. No, but I think they're all in their own little worlds on the field. and They're all dealing with what's inside their own heads. I think at half-time you have the opportunity to talk about the, the, talk about a number of different things. But just having a, a calmness in possession that, that would allow us to, to give us better opportunities to score. Roger Hanna, what do you make of what Craig Levine had to say all about job done, I guess, this afternoon? 
Yeah, and it will be an enormous weight off the shoulders of Craig Levine. I think this was a game that he had to win this afternoon. Um, the style, as we've spoken about at the top of the show, has come under scrutiny this season. And the defeat to Hibs at Tynecastle, the first time they'd lost a derby at home to Hibernian for six years, really heaped up the pressure on Craig Levine to get a result today. He's got a positive result. He's into the Scottish Cup final. As you said at the top of the show, he's still to win a trophy in this managerial career of his long managerial career, uh, highlighted by the spell in charge of the national team. He will be desperate to get that win on May the 25th and he'll be desperate to have his star man Stephen Naismith fit for May the 25th Yeah, it's a real big one for Craig Levine uh, at the end of uh, what's been a difficult week on and off the park for Hearts and Budge is uh, one of my people of the week for the way she has handled the upsurge in misbehaviour among supporters she deserves every credit in the world I was glad to see Neil Lennon support her and her decision to close part of Tynecastle. If people can't behave, then that part of the ground will need to get closed. And it's been a great end to the week for Anne Budge and Craig Levine. It's a real old-fashioned cup final on the way, regardless of who Hearts play on the 25th of May. Here's what John Robertson had to say. I'm incredibly proud of my players, incredibly proud of my fans, my club. Um, first 45, we've done the job we needed to do, which was to keep Hearts quiet, quiet in the crowd. Um, and we've done that. You know, they're booed off half-time, which is exactly the reaction we're looking for. And we said that to them, that if we could go, the, f- the next 15 minutes were the massive one for us. If we could keep the quiet, the crowd quiet, get to an hour level, that then there's an opportunity because that's when hearts start to get edgy. Uh, they get their goal, set play. It's difficult, you know, you've, you've got to get, got a wee ricochet in the score. But then we, we produced our best spell of the match. We were terrific for the next 10, 15 minutes. We got the ball down, played. And then the little bit of luck you need for a, for a championship team to be a premiership team was what killed us because Chalmers' free kick's incredible. The, the save from Zermal is as good as I've seen all season. The fingertip was all it was, but it's got it on the underside of the bar. Um, because if we score then, it, I think it rocks hearts. It gives us an opportunity and, and gets us right back, gives us a huge lift. Then the second bit of luck we need is it's not offside. Jamie Cart's offside, but it's Jake Mulraney that plays the pass. Uh, and again that's where you're hoping that the officials pick that up So that's what the managers had to say after the first Scottish Cup semi-final Hearts are through The scene is set ahead of the big championship games this afternoon They're going to kick off next and will be joined in the studio by Paul Hartley as well Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years And so it's full time in Dingwall, Roger Hanna Ross County nil, Partick Thistle nil. The Staggies are a point closer to the Premiership, but Partick Thistle could be closer to League One as things stand. They are rock bottom of the second tier tonight after failing to make a decent amount of pressure pay up here at the Global Energy Stadium. The chances in the first half, James Penrice is ball into the box. A shot on target by Shea Gordon after just 17 minutes. Well saved by Scott Fox, a former Jag in the county goal. 32 minutes, Chris Doolan and Scott McDonald combining well to create space for Blair Spittle. He danced past two county challenges in the box, but dragged his shot wide when he had 
to hit the target. County weren't often seen as an attacking force in the first half. Their best chance falling to lone front man Ross Stewart from 25 yards after 45 minutes. Well held by Jamie Snedden in the Jags goal. Similar chance in the second half. County, Tom Gravosti, their midweek match winner. He headed off target from Josh Mullins. Free kick after 57 minutes. They threw on both Brian Graham and Declan McManus in search of a breakthrough. And they had a decent penalty claim turned down by referee Gavin Duncan after 68 minutes when Graham clashed with Stephen Anderson in the box. Thistle, they threw on a young Aidan Fitzpatrick. They also threw on Miles Storey as they pushed for the winner that could have kept them off the bottom. Scott McDonald with a shot from 25 yards. Took a wicked deflection after 82 minutes. It was held in the line by Fox and then a minute later Fox again coming to County's rescue when he pushed away a snapshot by Stephen Anderson. In the end there was nothing either side could do to get a breakthrough County must now wait until a fortnight from now before they could be crowned champions. There's a big big sweat on for Partick Thistle ahead of a must win game against Arlowa seven days from now County nil Thistle now. Forget that what are your plans for the journey back down the road? That snow mountain sounded nice in Aviemore didn't it? <laughs> Hugh Keevans will Hugh, put you in marks touch. out of ten. I would say 8 out of 10 did big, did, did big Guidi leave anything? Me? No, Mark <laughs> I, I know, he, he left me Don't and worry he, And he left me to find my way back to the hotel Who knows the guy, Roger We'll put you in touch It is full time between Dunfermline and Falkirk Mark Guidi Full time, Dunfermline nil, Falkirk 1 And the Bairns are off the bottom of the table Thanks to the 76 minute winner from substitute David Keeler done. It was a beautiful finish as well. Inside the penalty area, 14 yards out. Sweet left foot effort. And it gave the Dunfermline goalkeeper, Ryan Scully, absolutely no chance as it whizzed past him for the winning goal. And yet, it probably was against a run of play because really the home team should have had this game wrapped up by half-time. They missed a penalty in the 18th minute. McKenna brought down Bruce Anderson. The unknown Aberdeen striker got up, took the penalty himself, but it was well saved by Harry Bird going, Anderson game close to open the score in the 26th minute just past the post and really Falkirk weren't at it at all but they gradually got themselves into the game, Zach Rudden imposed himself made life difficult for the Dunfermline defence and uh, then Lee Ashcroft had a header in the 67th minute for the home team that came back off the post and of course the 76th minute, David Keller Dunn scored the winner only for, for four minutes from time, Miles Hippolyte, the Dunfermline substitute against his former team had an absolute golden chance to equalise four yards out but he missed a sitter full time here at East End Park Dunfermline nil, Falkirk 1 and it's full time at the Indodrill Stadium Alloa Queen of the South here's Fraser Wishart Alloa Athletic 1 Queen of the South nil. a huge win for Alloa that's four wins in a row for Jim Goodwin's men and sees them leap into sixth place in the championship but the result sees Queen's in bigger danger than ever of automatic relegation a bit of fortune for the goal to be honest with you the wind played its part as it blew in a corner kick from Stephen Henderson into the back of the net in the second half close the side home side came to scoring the first half with Jack Aitchison he used his body really well in the corner of the six yard box and hit the post with a fierce shot from a narrow angle although Al had the better part of the game Queen's came into it and the best chances of the whole match came just before half time Andy Graham the Alawa centre half caught on the ball by Lyndon Dykes in more time than he thought and he hurried his shot from 18 yards it was well saved by Neil Parry's feet and then Parry had an excellent double save down to his left to save from Dykes before up getting up his feet to save low to his right from Scott Mercer Queen's immediately put Alawa under pressure in the second half wing back Jordan Marshall burst into the box really good save by Parry again using his feet 
between his one 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 on one. And it was a far more open and better game in the second half. Kevin Corley drove from midfield into the six yard eighteen yard box, set up Jack Hamilton. Good chance for the substitute striker, but similar to Dykes, he shot straight at Leefield and saved with his feet. And seventy three minutes came the goal from Al Athletic. Stephen Hetherington on the right hand side took a corner in swing with his left foot and the blustery wind caught the ball and blew it into the back of the net. Guy Naismith reacted quickly, Ron Fraser air, then it was Queens pushing for the for the goal with Alawa containing and hitting on the break and Hetherington in the final minute almost tied the game up this time in more orthodox fashion drove towards the goals 20 yards left foot shot inches wide before Neil Parry again stepped in to save Alawa a couple of saves in stoppage time the first one a good save down to his right from Lyndon Dykes and then right on the final whistle another close range block from Andy Sterling Alawa within touching distance of safety a huge game next week against Partick Thistle but worrying time for Queen of the South near the bottom of the championship table full time in drill stadium Alawa Athletic one Queen of the South nil a nervy day in the championship Hugh Keevans just as we thought it would be yeah uh, I've looked at the table again it's four points that separate the, the bottom five now it's all about Alawa continuing four wins on the bounds they've thrown a massive spanner in the works they're at Partick Thistle next weekend a win for them at Partick Thistle and they would just be about safe so Jim Goodwin what a job he is doing in Partick Thistle they cannot Extricate themselves from trouble Since Gary Caldwell took over They have gone from bottom to second bottom Back to bottom Bottom to third bottom Back to bottom They are in a horrible position 01419511025 That's the number you need right now Give us a call Let us know what you made of today's results Were your team playing? Was it a good result? Bad result? Somewhere in between you tell us uh, Perhaps you're looking ahead to tomorrow's game Between Celtic and Aberdeen Because this is going to be your last chance To preview it with us Tell us your team Who should play? Who shouldn't play? Who? How do you see the game going? 01419511025 The open line is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Let's run through some full-time scores from this afternoon then Starting with our championship Alawa 1 Queen of the South 0 Dunfermline 0 Falkirk 1 Ross County 0 Partick Thistle 0 In League 1 Brecon 1 are both 1 East 5 0 uh, Montrose 2, I should say, are both are now the champions of League 1. 4 for nil, Dumbarton 0, Wraith Rovers 2, Stranraer 3, uh, Airdrie Stenhouse Muir is a 5.15 kickoff. In League 2, it's Annan 2, Stirling Albion 2, Berwick Rangers 0, Queen's Park 3, Cowdenbeath 2, Elgin City 1, Edinburgh City 1, Clyde 2, and Peterhead 1. Albion Rovers 1 uh, In the English Premier League It finished Tottenham 4 Huddersfield 0 Brighton 0 Bournemouth 4 Burnley 1 Cardiff 0 Fulham 2 Everton 0 And Southampton 3 Wolves 1 It's now over to you 01419511025 Let's hear from you What are we discussing tonight Hugh Evans? Well obviously We know that Hearts are in the Cup Final On May 25 They await Aberdeen or Celtic We know From Super Scoreboard programmes this week that a lot hinges on this game where Neil Lennon's future is concerned because some Celtic supporters respect what he's done for the club as a player and as a manager and would have no objection to him staying on. Others take a different point of view. It's a big game for Neil Lennon tomorrow and in terms of the championship and the sensational end to it at the bottom, Aloha are the surprise packet. Four wins on the bounds have taken them in a positive upward direction Queen of the South, despite all those Stephen Dobie goals, are on 
the slide And they are now joint second bottom But Partick Thistle are bottom as well So so much hard work to be done there Yeah listen the big talking point I think will be the, the semi-finals Championship has been absolutely fantastic But the semi-final tomorrow I mean this time last year When Celtic were aiming to get to the, the Final of the Scottish Cup There was a nervousness because it was a historic Double treble uh, Yeah double treble they were looking for a treble trebles on the line And it's a change of manager A change of style if you like And I think it's made the Celtic fans Even more nervous Than they were last year So a lot riding On the performance from Celtic And Aberdeen fans who, who listen in Will think that they have got a shot At beating Celtic Because they've became closer And closer to Rangers and Celtic In Glasgow Over the last year and Alex, I did say that it doesn't have to be teams that are playing this weekend. Rangers' season is taking a bit of a break until the yep. league returns. Reports in this morning's newspapers linking Rangers with John Souter. He'll be playing in a Scottish Cup final. Would he be a good acquisition for Rangers? It's interesting, Gordon, because I haven't seen a great deal of him this season. Now, I know that he struck up a really good partnership with Berra. He's one of these new type of centre-halves. He's relatively comfortable with the ball. Got a bit of pace, a bit of presence. And there's clearly more development in young Suter. So, you know, they might see him as someone who can come in. But they need tried and tested guys that are going to make a difference, going to bridge the gap. Uh, so, you know, it may well be one that Stephen Gerrard's looking at. Uh, that could be one on the teaser. I mean, Colin's raging. 5-0 Bournemouth, he says. Please do your job right. Because we read the scores out. But it was four when I read it. Now it's five. So I'm sorry. Like, these things happen. The game's still going on. Uh, Michael is the first up on the line. 01419511025. What's on your mind tonight, Michael? All right. Uh, I was just driving back from the hour. been in the South game there. How was it? I, uh, <laughs> oh, it was unreal. I um, just... What do you guys think? Do you think Alloa could maybe even get the place above the playoffs and keep clear? Or Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Michael, I was actually looking at that before you come on. I didn't even realise that. was. I was just actually looking at the table. They are three points behind a team like Dunfermline with the resources they have. So for them to get up to fifth place would be nothing short of remarkable. Four wins in the bounce for Jim Gooden. His team's hit form at the right time. The boys in that was a great addition as well from Hart. So... You have to give uh, Jimmy's boys he's, he's every credit. Be, he's got to be in for manager of the year in that division. I know these awards tend to go to the guys at the top who win the leagues and that. But when you look at the squads at Dundee United and Ross County, you would you would probably say the money that they've thrown, they're expected to be up there fighting. But for our and what Jim's done on that budget, and like Paul highlighted, he's only getting his players for perhaps three hours a week after they've been working to beat teams. Like they have done this season It's nothing short of incredible I th- I think they will stay up I yep. think Queen of the South For me well, Just now, stay are, up now. Are, are looking yeah. like the team Who could go Automatically down The other great thing That Jim Goodwin has In his favour Is momentum They've got four wins On the bounce They have astounded Everyone round about them They have Thrown the cat Amongst the pigeons And I don't see them Slipping back now I think Jim Goodwin Has got By hooker By crook A side who will Survive and it is, as Mark said, an achievement mm. worthy of higher consideration. At the same time, Michael, they are only three points above the playoffs at the moment. So I'm sure Jim Goodwin, when we hear from him today, will be not wanting to get carried away, Michael, because it's still a realistic possibility, isn't it? Aye, it is. Two things as well. I think it, what's more shocking is the style and what they've done it. I know some teams, like part time teams, look out to the championship and do the whole part of the bus smashing grab. But Jim's kind of stuck to it in a way of 
getting the ball in the deck and try to play. And to be honest, you don't see too much of a difference in terms of quality with the part-time, full-time thing either. Like, I think it was Ali just said, even though he gets three hours a week with them, that, I think in the way that benefits the full-time teams more in terms of preparation and you know being able to rest for games and all that kind of stuff. But quality-wise, I don't. I, it's a mad league because every team can beat each other on their day and every team, maybe Barrow, was maybe eyeing up a place to try to get up with the playoffs or win the league. So... It is a mad job that he's doing, and like Mark said, surely he might not win the match of the year, but it has to be up there, top three, top four, maybe. Michael, Michael can I ask you, sorry, I was just going to ask you a question, Michael, in terms of obviously we're we're all praising Jim Goodwin on the show here. Would one of your fears be that he may well get plucked away because he's actually doing such a good job? It's a given, but with Arrow as well. I mean, we had Paul Hart. We started off with Paul Hartley, then you know we went to Dundee with Jack Ross. Um, so it, we all know we maybe thought he was going to get poached away um, in the summer there but he stayed and as well as the players as well I know a lot of full-time teams will probably be looking at players like Zanata I know a couple of teams were after Zanata when his loan finished in January but he came back but I think Mike Mulready and the job that he does in terms of getting good managers and good young managers and giving them a chance it's going to happen but as long as the football's good and still doing well then it's it's all good for us eh yeah well done man uh, Michael I know you also keep a, an eye on Celtic issues as well what are you thinking ahead of tomorrow Um, but overall it's a big game the treble treble idea and if we lose tomorrow it's the final last out the window and a lot of like Neil Lennon's security in terms of if he gets the job the big gig full time Depends on this. But in terms of the Neil Lennon thing, I do think he's the right man because I think Hugh said it a few times, the idea of 10 in a row, I don't think now is the time to have maybe a new manager from who's maybe not got the experience in the SPL and try change things, try to try do things differently. Neil wants, and he's came out and said already, Neil wants to maybe be a bit more direct, less tippy-tappy in that way. So I, again, it's not his players. If he gets his own players, I mean, in the past, he's recruited good players. I don't think there's an issue with Neil Wake getting the full-time gig. And I agree with, I think it was Chris Sutton that said, if the worst happens and we lose tomorrow, I still think Neil should be the man to carry on the, you know, the 10 in a row idea. I don't know what you think about that. Well, I, I do think, having listened to Celtic supporters on this programme for the last week, that it's important that Neil Lennon wins the match tomorrow. And then, of course, the pressure carries on into the final against Hearts on the 25th of May. I also think the Celtic supporters saw the club raise the bar and go to a different level when they appointed Brendan Rodgers. And they want to be absolutely certain that the club appoints the highest calibre of manager that they possibly can. It's a tough one for Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell. Neil Lennon is a Celtic icon And if he wins the treble I still think he is in pole position To get the job But the Celtic supporters Have seen the bright lights Shoon. With Brendan Rodgers And they don't want to go back To anything less bright Come back to Michael's point In terms of Do you think the double would be sufficient Because I'm on record as saying I don't think that the Celtic board Would take Neil on board Because that effectively Was the only thing that he had to win I know he still had to yeah. go over the line But with yeah, the problem is it's, it's from a Neil Lennon perspective, it's not it's not really a double, is it? You know, because the, mm. the League Cup's now done and dusted so early on in the season. There were supporters on last night, Alec, who, yeah. who brought up 
the cup final defeats that Neil Lennon has suffered and semi-final defeats that Neil Lennon has suffered as a manager. And they're wondering about his capability to get this over the line because you said when he inherited the job from Brendan Rodgers he had an 8-point lead in the Championship. Yes, he has grown it to an 11-point lead but he was handed an advantage. He has got to carry the Scottish Cup over the line I think it's important to the Celtic supporters. It's not just about Aberdeen. I mean, once you beat Aberdeen, you then have to beat Hearts. I mean, the Hearts haven't just yeah. Yeah. turned yeah, up course, to make yeah. up the numbers. You've got to beat Hearts if you reach the final. Mm-hmm. So I think it has become an issue in the minds of a percentage of the Celtic supporters. I was involved in the, the semi-final when they got the trial for the job the first time round in these seven or eight games. I was there, on, I was involved, I was on the bench in the Ross County game and they lost that in the semi-final. Uh, I think that Well I know The the club And the feeling around that It's a totally different place now You know Neil then Survived that And went on to win The remaining games in the league And got the job And done a terrific job Over the course at Celtic Just now I don't think that's the same situation If he has to lose The the semi-final I'm not sure If he would If he would survive that Because like I said at, At the start of the show There's a portion of Celtic fans Who who don't particularly enjoy the style of football just now, and that would just add to them or, or their moans. Compound it. Yeah, but I think they've got to remember as well. I think Michael just said it there. It's not his players. You know, Neil Lennon had to come to the club and the f- players may do fantastic under Brendan Rodgers, but coming with a, a different style, that takes time yeah. to implement, and he's still getting them across the line. Now, if he gets the job, then there's a lot of work to do in pre-season to get the players down mm. to his style. So... It's a big decision But I think tomorrow Is very 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 important for him In the leagues It was all about The lower leagues today Ian's on Says massive win for Clyde Get the results mm. From our points deduction Appeal on Monday Four behind Peterhead With three to play Imagine Clyde won that league Having had points deducted What okay. an achievement wow. That would yeah. be uh, Let's hear from Craig Levine Then we've got Hearts fan lined up Because A big win for Hearts This afternoon A 3-0 demolition In the end of Inverness They're through to The Scottish Cup final Here's what the manager Had to say uh, I think we ran out worthy winners. Um, the first half was a bit closer than the second. Um, I thought we were a little bit nervous in the first half and maybe got rid of the ball quicker than we probably needed to. Uh, but half time came at a good time for us and we managed to settle the nerves a little bit. And particularly once we got the first goal, I felt we, we were in complete control. And then, other than, than the free kick, uh, that Bobby saved. I don't don't recall any, you know, any major chances for Inverness. When your side is nervous, is it easy to tell them to, to stop being nervous because it's kind of a natural thing, I guess, play No, but I think they're all in their own little worlds on the field, and they're all dealing with what's inside their own heads. I think at half time you have the opportunity to talk about the, the, talk about a number of different things, but just having a, a calmness in possession that. That would allow us to, to give us better opportunities to score Crawford is a Hearts fan on the line A happy Hearts fan I would imagine Crawford Absolutely delighted The homecoming's complete Gordon As you said last night Oh that's right Crawford I forgot, Mark Wilson's looking confused Crawford's on from Florida But he's moving back to Scotland Just before the cup final So he, need, he needed Hearts to get wow, through to the brilliant. final So you're definitely coming back Because no, they won I'll- yeah Definitely, that's it, the flights are booked I've been on to the family saying I need a couple of tickets uh, Obviously you've got Sir Paul Hartley there The absolute hero of Hamden from, you know, 13 years ago um, 
Actually, I'll, I wanted to come on to kind of have a bit of humble pie. I was kind of arguing against Craig Levine last night, and Hugh was the one who was keeping me right, saying, do you know what? Hearts of the better players. Hearts by far should win this. And at half time today, after 0-0, we got booed off. I turned to my dad and I said to him, look, I think we're going to get beat here. I've just got a feeling. But three minutes later, Hugh has proved right. Good cheek, Piazza, straight in the goal, and that's it. Three goals, and that's us through to Hamden on the 25th. I'm absolutely delighted. The last thing Hugh Keevens needs <laughs> is to be told that he's been proven right. But on you go. <laughs> well, you know what? As I say, I, I'd happily start any game knowing I had better players than the other guy. It's how they perform, and for a half a game, Hearts didn't perform to a satisfactory level. But, I mean, it's a cliche, but the game does last 90 minutes. You've got to give them the benefit of the doubt into the second half. And they grabbed their chance with both hands. They also got a lucky break yeah, because the, the, the equaliser, what well, should have been the equaliser for uh, Inverness Cali Thistle, was wrongly disallowed. But luck is also a part of the, the game uh, There are those who tell you Better to be lucky than good sometimes But without doubt Hearts deserve to win the match John Robertson wouldn't quibble with that And he's the Cali Thistle manager They deserve to win the match They now have a, a fantastic uh, Opener to the, the, the Post-split fixtures When they play Rangers at Tynecastle Next Saturday And they can build towards May the 25th whether it's Celtic or Aberdeen, the Hearts supporters will buy every ticket. I hope that Crawford's lucky because these are going to be gold dust tickets. When Hearts mm. reach a cup final or Hibs, like Celtic or Rangers, there is no problem whatsoever. Whatever the allocation, they'll sell it. Well, I wonder, I, I mentioned about um, how Aberdeen would attack the, the game tomorrow against uh, Celtic, but in the final, now Craig Levine, whether it be Aberdeen or Celtic, it's quite negative when he comes up in these big kind of encounters. And I wonder, you know, guys like Crawford, if he wants to see his team, you know, attack. You know, not just sit back and be a, a kind of typical Craig Levine team who who hopes for a breakaway or a set piece. I know the set pieces are their, their strength. They've got a big side, but they've still got quality in there. And I want if they have Stephen Naismith back, That's the that adds to it. Yeah. And it'd be... It'll be interesting to see I'll how they turn what, up in the day I'll tell you why I, I don't think he'll be cautious Because He's never won a never trophy won a as trophy. a manager yeah, yeah. And let's be honest Time's running out for him You know In managerial terms He's getting on a bit now And <laughs> Is he? Well yeah It is really I mean it's a younger man's game now I think um, But Time is running out And He may see this as potentially his last chance Crawford who, who would you rather face Is it as simple as saying That you believe Aberdeen would, would give you the better chance Of winning Or is it A happiness to take on Whoever I, I honestly do not care Who it is Thinking a little bit into it Mark Wilson literally just said That the exact words That I've said And three times Have been on Clyde One About Craig Levine I'm not as big a supporter He's a great harsh man But as a manager I'm not his biggest fan he does have a great record against Derek McInnes' Aberdeen. And when it comes to Celtic at Tynecastle, he does see it as, you know what, let's have a go. I don't know if because it's a one-off game, he's not won a trophy yet. Um, and obviously it's at a neutral venue. Celtic are at hand and way more than us. If he's going to look at it and go, you know what, it's the Scottish Cup final. Let's just have a go. The worst thing that can happen is we get beat. 
But as supporters, in a cup final, you want to give it your all. You don't want to try and be clever and, and sit and go, do you know what? We're just going to see it through to half time. We're just going to try and nick it here and there because see if you do that against Celtic, Celtic will pick you off within the first half. There's no doubt about it. So, do you know what? I don't, I, like I said, I'm not Craig Levine's biggest fan, but I think he, he might have a good idea of what he's going to do in the final because it being Denny McInnes' Aberdeen and, and obviously Celtic, he has beaten them at Tynecastle this year. Oh, for me, for me, Crawford, the the better option of the two is Aberdeen. There's no two ways about that. You know, Celtic have better players. You spoke about it at the top of the show, and the key thing for me is what Mark just touched upon there. Is see if Stephen Naismith is playing, you can then have a player who's intelligent press from the front, and it, yeah. it gives yeah. you different options. If it's if it's Celtic, and we're speaking hypothetically, so I'm not trying to dis, be disrespectful to Derek McInnes or Aberdeen. If it's Celtic. It's the 25th of May The biggest date in Celtic's history It is the chance to win the treble treble Which Neil Lennon has uh, said in this morning's newspapers Is something which is unlikely ever to be done again The full weight of history will be on Celtic on the 25th of May If they are up against Hearts in the final And when the full weight of history is on Celtic's shoulders It can often have a very positive effect on players Management and fans Okay thank you to Crawford A Hearts fan from Orlando It's 0141 951 That's the number you need to get in touch I think if my timing is right on this We can be joined live on the show By Aloha boss Jim Goodwin Is he with you yet Fraser Wishart? I'm going to take that as a I know He's on his way up though So we'll get We're going to speak to him uh, As soon as we possibly can But it was a big day in the championship Anyway Hugh Huge day for Jim Goodwin uh, Fourth win on the bounce they move up to 38 points. They are four points away uh, from Partick Thistle, who are at the bottom. Their next game is against Partick Thistle. Uh, tribute has been paid to Jim and the job he's done at Aloha. Because they're a part-time club, he doesn't get the chance to work with players as often as every other manager in the division. And for me, use any cliche you like. He has thrown a massive spanner in the works. He has thrown the biggest cat in the street amongst the pigeons. He has done everything to upset all of those around about him. <laughs> you missed any cliche there? We'll speak to him in just a second. <laughs> just just to, to, to quickly go back to the, the semi-final earlier on, was there a bit of an admiration from for John Robertson for the fact that he, he didn't blame the offside goal as much as other managers maybe would have? Yeah. Yeah, I, I quite like that about him. He, Do you think that was because he his connection, though, to Hearts? If, if that was I a different know. environment, I, I'm sure he would have had a point. I think it's because what, it was just, so close to call. Sorry, let's take the break right now, and that way we can try and speak to Jim Goodwin next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevens, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray are here, so give us a call. Let's go straight back to Alawa, though, after another win, another impressive win. We can speak live on the line to the manager, Jim Goodwin. Jim, how are you? How are you doing, Gordon? Good, thank you. Uh, probably not as good as you after that. Another impressive victory. Who was it this afternoon? Yeah, obviously, you know, first and foremost, um, delighted to get the win and get the three points. Um, we didn't play as well as what we have done in the previous three games to today, but, um, you know, the players started very well. We actually hit the post in the opening 15 minutes, um, forced their keeper into making a good save as well. But I must give credit to Queen of the South. They kind of rode the storm. Uh, after that, they 
they came into the game and, and finished the first half stronger. Um, the second half was a lot more even. There was, wasn't a great deal between the two teams. And you did kind of feel whoever got that first goal was going to go on and win it. Unfortunately, we were the ones to get it. Now, it's, it's been a, a decent run, Jim. It's been so tight at the bottom. Where are the confidence levels now that, that you can stay up? Um, listen, I've got a very confident bunch of boys anyway, you know, and, and you know, we, I know a lot of people, uh, pundits, journalists and, and other people involved in football never gave us a chance, but we genuinely did believe from the opening game that, you know, we were good enough to be in this league. You know, people can talk about part-time and full-time and all that. It, I'm a great believer if you get the right group of players together, then you can achieve good things. And I've certainly uh, managed that. I think I got my recruitment in the summer uh, right. And I think that's, you know, any of the guys there in the studio will tell you that's the most important part. You can be the best manager in the world, but if you don't have the the players out on the park to implement your ideas and, and, uh, and if you can't get your message across to them, then you've got no chance. And I'm very, very lucky that way. I've got a great uh, group of experienced players who are trying to prove people uh, prove to people that they're good enough to be at this level and then I've got another kind of group of young boys that are desperate to prove to people that they're better than the championship and can play at a higher level so you know the recruitment has went well um, we've been very lucky with injuries as well this season and you know fortunately for us we've managed to hit a bit of form at the right time Jim you spoke about journalists and pundits who might have written Aloha off do you believe that Subconsciously The other teams In your division Might have written Aloha off And now find To their horror That you've thrown A spanner in the works um, I would be lying if, if I if I said I didn't believe that Hugh I, I think probably The other nine clubs In the in the league Looked as, at us As a bit of a buffer For them um, Everybody Expected us To be detached By Christmas um, When you look at How difficult it was Last year For, for the other Part time teams In the league but um, we kind of used that to our advantage, you know, and I loved picking up the papers and, and, and looking at the the odds in the paper and everybody, nobody giving us a chance in hell. Everybody had us rooted to the 10th. And, you know, I told the boys from day one, I said, look, these people don't believe in you. They don't think you're good enough. They don't think you belong here. Um, you know, go and prove them wrong. And I think so far we have, but it's really important, Hugh, for me to stress as well that, you know, we haven't quite done it yet. Um, when you look at the other results today, you know, although we're sitting sixth in the table, which looks really nice, we're still only four points off bottom. You, you have this game next weekend, Partick Thistle. Now, if ever there was a clash of cultures, here it is. Full-time Partick Thistle, backed by a Euro lottery millionaire uh, against Alloa, part-time team. This is when push gets the shove. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, look, I mean, we don't want to harp on about, obviously, you know, we, everybody knows we don't have the resources available to us like the other teams in the league do. You know, January was a really difficult window for us and it's one that I have always disliked from my short spell of being a manager because it only suits the clubs that have got money. And unfortunately uh, for us in January, you know, we didn't have money to go out and bring in seven or eight players. Not that I wanted to, but... You know, we didn't have that available to us anyway. Um, whereas you see the likes of Falkirk and Partick and Dundee United, they're bringing in 11 and 12 players, you know, and, and being able to pay off other players. So it must be great to have that facility available to you. We don't, um, and we knew that from day one, and that's fine. You know, I get told my budget at the start of the season, uh, and you stick to it. And um, the chairman's delighted I'm £80 in budget, so... <laughs> Um, you know that's where we're at. So, uh, but look, th th I made the point earlier in the week as well. You, 
you know, you can talk about money and you can talk about full-time, part-time. It comes down to the group, you know, and if you've got a, a group of boys that are willing to put their bodies on the line and fight and scrap for every ball uh, and show that kind of togetherness and the commitment that we've shown up to now, then that can take you a long way. And that's what we've got in abundance. And I think we've got bigger characters than most other teams in the league uh, Jim we've been discussing this afternoon if the if the pressure's different you know the Partick Thistles of this world the, the Falkirks of this world with the level of expectation we wondered if they were under more pressure to stay up and therefore that allowed you guys to play with a bit of freedom but it, it sounds like you put expectations on your players anyway No, listen you're absolutely spot on Gordon there is um, you know the pressure is on the other teams because as I said you know before the ball was kicked we're expected to finish bottom you know as far as most people are concerned we've got no right to be in this league Um, and yeah I mean with that you know becomes pressure on the other teams because Partick and Falkirk and you know the size of the budgets they're expected to be up the other end of the table competing to get back into the Premier League Um, so yeah, listen, we've used that to our advantage. There's no doubt about that. But um, we do put uh, pressure on ourselves. I put pressure, you know, I, I, I'm very demanding of the players. You know, I, I believe they work as hard as any other team in the league when we do the sessions that we do on a Tuesday and a Thursday. They have to take the responsibility then to go away and do the programmes that we give them Monday, Wednesday to Friday and and live uh, properly as, as best as they can in and around their jobs and be as professional as what they can possibly be in. Um, I can't fault any of them honestly they've been terrific up to now and I really hope that they manage to get the job uh, finished off in the next three games because they deserve it Just finally before we let you go uh, Jim we were joined in the studio this afternoon by Paul Hartley who obviously started off at Alloa Uh, we know that Jack Ross has come in and now yourself what is it about that environment that allows young managers to thrive? Well you know from top to bottom the club is uh, as professionally run as any other club I've been at, you know, and, and you know I've I've had some clubs in my time uh, down in England as well, you know, like so Huddersfield and that. Alloa is as professionally run as all of those clubs, you know. Um, I've got a fantastic chairman who I can't speak highly enough of. Um, win, lose or draw, I never hear from him. He never interferes with my team selection, um, you know, and, and he just lets me get on with the job. And as long as uh, things are going all right, and um, you know the odd time we, we went on a run there where you know we'd lost a, a number of games back to back, and he you know gives me a phone call. Don't worry about it; you'll be fine. You'll get out of it. And you know he deserves a lot of credit as well. You know he puts a lot of his own money into this club and keeps it ticking along nicely. Um, and I was very very fortunate to be given the opportunity. And yeah, you speak about the players that have been here in the past who have moved on into full-time. I've made no... Um, you know, everybody knows what my ambitions are. Uh, I'm a young manager. Um, I've been nearly three years now as a manager. I've loved every minute of it at Alloa. But the chairman knows that I have got ambitions of going full-time. And whether that's in the summer or whether that's in two years from now, uh, I'm not bothered because I love my time here at Alloa. And, um, you know, as long as I've got a good relationship with the people here then I'm in no hurry to leave. Jim, thank you for your time. Enjoy your night. Cheers, guys. All the best. That was Jim Goodwin, Alloa manager, pulling off some great things in the championship, you have to say. It's 01419511025 on the phones. Let's hear from you. Were your team in action today? What did you make of them? Are your team in action tomorrow? How are you looking ahead to that one? Or maybe you're resting like the majority of the Premiership. What does the season hold between now and the end of it? Alex is in Sandy Hills. Hi, Alex. Hi, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, Alex. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Good evening to the panel, Alex, Mark and Chew. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. 
Uh, I was just, I heard a few of them phoning last night, so many for Lane and so many against. Personally, I'd have given Lane the job right away. I wouldn't even be waiting. And I don't think even if he loses tomorrow, that should be any bearing on it. Mr uh, Rogers, the team wasn't playing that great this season. They dropped back last season. And they've not been playing that great this season. They dropped eight points in his first six games this season. Lenny's dropped four in the six league games he's had. Do you think your fellow Celtic fans would, would be able to take that, Alex? So you, you're saying yourself you heard them last night. Some some are unconvinced already. So what what um, do you not think the potential of a defeat tomorrow would have a big, big impact on it? I'm going no more and obviously I'll be a downer if we get beat uh, personally I don't care if we entertain if we win I don't care how we win it's just the result that matters and I'll be a downer but I would still give Lenny the job because even if Brendan Rodgers was there more, he's not guaranteed to win that cup or right. to win that game you would understand Alex as a, a long-standing Celtic supporter that a club as big as Celtic are entitled to take their time over a managerial appointment as important as this one is they've had Brendan Rodgers they Took the club to a different level by uh, employing Brendan Rodgers By paying him the level of wage that he was paid And Celtic with seven, potentially eight trophies in a row Won by the club They want to make sure that they do the right thing So I agree with you that Neil Lennon retains pole position for the job But you'd understand that a club as big as Celtic Have to wait until the end of the season I, I, listen, I think Alex makes a good point And the one that he says that Celtic Haven't been as good this season um, As they were in previous seasons You know, under Brendan Rodgers this season We chatted about it so many times in this show How many points Celtic had dropped On the road this season And when they came back from Dubai And got themselves together Yes, they were great And I think it was maybe five or six uh, You know, on the bounce that they won However, the players haven't been up to the same standards And that, that becomes I think even more difficult When a, a manager comes in And you know a different manager comes in To adapt to him And like I said about 10 minutes ago If Neil Lennon does get the job Then pre-season's a huge thing You know just having that scope of Six weeks to work with the players And don't, there's no pressure If you need to win games in pre-season You know just having that on the training pitch That important time Where Brendan Rodgers Celtic's molded. qualifiers Come round so quickly though Don't they Well well, if it, Two or three weeks then Perhaps in pre-season However early they're back Brendan Rodgers Got a lot of success Because he had that time To mould the players Give them the style of play Tell them how specifically He wanted them positioned And if Neil gets the job He'll be able to do that But it's very difficult to go Right into a job And the next week Or the next day he has to go to Tynecastle and win. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on how the team should line up tomorrow? Hmm. Uh, I would go four four two. They've got to go, haven't they? Well, I mean, you, know, again, you, you said yourself. Counts, yeah, you said yourself, Alex. You're not bothered whether they they win with style or uh, it's another late winner from Odson Edward. Uh, so I think that is the case tomorrow. We're, we're we're at the penultimate stage of the Scottish Cup. The treble, treble is at stake here. Uh, you know, you have to cut the manager and players some slack on occasion and say there are times when it's win at all costs. The, the interesting thing you said there, Gordon, in terms of how it will possibly shape up tomorrow, for me it'll be a back four, uh, Lustig, Benkovic, Ayer and Tierney will come back into the reckoning. Brown will most certainly start Now the, the number 8 Will either be In Sham or McGregor 
In terms of who plays in that sitting role with Brown Forrest is a stick on Edward will be up as a number 9 And the, the, the dilemma You know obviously try to pick the team Will be the number 10 Will that be Rogic or Christie And on the left hand side Will it be Hayes or Sinclair, uh, Sinclair. So I think that's the kind of Sinclair's disappeared from view uh, yeah. And yeah. Absolutely You just wonder uh, Would he Find his enthusiasm Rekindled by Hamden The Scottish Cup semi-final uh, If my choice was Sinclair or Hayes At the moment I'd be thinking about Sinclair it's, Well if it's Neil Lennon Who would you say it was Because he seems to be going To I mean, Hayes the, more so than they're, they're like for like There's still the possibility Of somehow somewhere Shoehorning Oliver Birkin Shoehorning Timothy Weah in yeah, I have to be honest with yeah. you, I don't think he'll so I don't think he'll put Burke into the reckoning. He hasn't really featured much. I know he said we cameos and things, but he hasn't really featured under Neil well, so he played at the, he played at St Mirren. Yeah, in terms of what, seven or eight games, six, seven games. But they're so, handy guys to have on the bench in case oh, the options know, are frightening you. Yeah. I mean Tom Rogic and Christie, I think, are, are the big ones for Celtic. Yeah, I mean, fully fit, they they probably go right into the team. But in, in terms of lack of game time, mm-hmm. we'll Will Neil put them in? That's the big one. Uh, I mean, Christie certainly made a difference when he came on, didn't he? Against St Mirren, yeah, they've, they've both got a couple of things in their favour. Uh, you would imagine Ryan Christie has been at Aberdeen. I don't know. If, does that matter? Scores does anyone well, care? Scores a goal yeah. uh, in the, the last in the League Cup, the League final, Cup yeah. final. Tom Rogic has also been the man for the big occasion. Uh, on the last minute, yeah, he seems to be occasion. off the pace to me. Uh, the, the last couple of games I've seen him, he doesn't seem to be up to match is it only, sharpness yet. Is it only played? Is it once since? No, twice he played the the it, Livingston game as well last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, last week. And it sometimes takes you a bit of time to get up to speed. And it's such a big occasion. But I wonder if Christie just edges Edgy, him. Yeah, uh, and he looks a wee bit sharper, Ryan Christie. Uh, we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Thank you to Alex and Sandy Hills. Um, John says, "What's all the stressing about? Aberdeen should be more worried about us than the opposite. There are no guarantees, but Celtic are favourites, surely." And what about this for a story, Hugh Kevens? Um, police down south. Mm. Are investigating an alleged assault from Joey Barton on his opposite number, the Barnsley manager Daniel Stendel, oh. after today's match. Well, not having seen it, you're on dangerous territory by commenting too much because uh, just the size of the story. Yeah, was... yeah, yeah. Clearly, it's a huge story. But uh, Joey Barton, like everyone else in the country, is innocent until proved guilty. He is indeed. Remember, our both were the first champions today in Scotland and managed to wrap up League One. So well done to them. Do you, think, that, do you think the champagne oh, will so be oh, I think yes. by now? I think so. Yes, I think Dusting so. Dusting it off. Yeah. 1025 Still plenty of time to hear from you, so let's do it next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan. Into the final part of tonight's show, let's hear from you. Still not heard from any uh, fans of teams who are dormant at the moment the Rangers, St. Mirren's, Motherwells of the world. Uh, maybe you're all just taking your eye off the ball before it returns next week. Big day in the championship, though. Aloha, the big winners. Partick Thistle. Drawing up at Ross County The champions elect On the face of it I mean it's a, it's a decent point Doesn't do a great deal At the moment though Let's hear from Gary Caldwell Yeah I thought we played really well Really good plan Boys executed it really well Created probably three good opportunities First half and then more second half And I just said that to them Performance excellent Just got to be a bit more clinical In the box in the final third To go and win the game But delighted with the way they played It's another point to 
total when we, we move on to next week. How do you look at it when you go in and you see that Falkirk have won late and Arlo have won late? Do you take solace in the fact that it's still in your own hands and you've got the game in hand? I didn't know they'd won. It's the first I've known. I said to the players, we've got 12 points to play for. We focus on next week. We know it's a big game. And if we win every game, we stay in this league. And it's, it's as simple as that. And our focus is on performance. And I think today you've seen a team, you know, they're top of this league. Yeah. We are down the bottom of it and we outplayed them for, for large spells in the game, created more opportunities than them. Uh, just need to be more clinical. So I've no, no worries with the next four games. I believe in these players that they can go and get the points we need. That's right, it's two points between five teams now. Um, so even though the, those are talking about the league. game, yes, <laughs> very, very good at it. <laughs> I keep saying it, I'll say it again. The league table doesn't matter until the last game of the season. That's when every team will be judged because they will finish there and they can't get any more points. So we don't look at the league table till after Queen, uh, Queen of the South away. Roger Hanna ruining oh, Gary Caldwell's yeah. night there by informing him uh, that his relegation rivals won. He's not bothered though, Hugh. League table doesn't oh. matter at the moment, he says. Yes, it does. And it will matter an awful lot next Saturday at this particular time mm. If Aloha have won at Partick Thistle It will matter an awful lot Because it will all but have guaranteed Aloha's safety And it will put Partick Thistle in a horrible position So it does matter before the final day of the season It's wrong to say it doesn't I was uh, some interview with Roger there I'm, I'm not sure how he will eat his Chinese With no teeth after Big Gary's lantern one That was the way he says it So softly spoken as well <laughs> Oh brilliant But I, I mean Hugh's right the, the table does matter I, I get what Gary means However it's it's a lot easier I think going home And, and sitting in Say Jim Goodwin's position Where you see yourself Six in the table And I know Alor can still go down But you sleep a lot easier I think the players Then go into games With a wee bit more confidence Than you do Being rock bottom You know And thinking Oh just forget about it It's it's hard work Being rock bottom I've been there You know a couple yeah. of times In my career It's not nice at all And even if you can Get out of it You still go into games Thinking We're bottom of this table here And you know So I don't agree with him In that sense From Gary Caldwell's Point of view That's three draws in the bounds They'll be trying They need to try and Change that so that they can actually get three points To get some sort of breathing space They've got Aloha next week Air, double header And then they've got the last game of the season Where they go go to Queen of the South Which is, whew, what a game Quickly before we get back to the calls Here's Stephen Ferguson This could have been a title winning weekend for Ross County But as it is, it's getting a little bit closer Than he would have liked, I'm sure Uh, hard fought, I tell you that. Um, we had to work for that point today. Um, sure, and I felt we, were, we looked a bit, we looked a bit tired today. We looked a bit, uh, a wee bit fatigued and leggy, and that's understandable after the the runny games that we've had. And um, we were we were probably looking back at it, honestly and thinking it would be it's a good point today because Partick um, threw caution to the wind and defended really well and were difficult to break down, but they were also really dangerous on the on the counter and they were they were dangerous when they did come in attack. So um, fair play to them for that. Um, and we had to dig deep as hard as we could to make sure that we didn't concede and, and thankfully we, we managed to keep that clean sheet so we take the point and, and we move on You're a very good goal difference one win for three we'll take you up is it, is it going to be the hardest fault win of the season you think? Definitely I mean we, we're no, we, everybody will keep telling us the position we're in we know exactly the position we're in we've known exactly the position we've been in for, for weeks and uh, it's a position that we're really grateful that we're in and, and like you said we know the task ahead with three games to go and of course the, to, to, to get that final wee bit to where you want to go is always the hardest part and to be fair if it's 
you know, it's, it's the one that we we're well aware that that's the situation, and and, and there's that and there's that pressure on us. Of course, there is, but there's been pressure on us all all, all the time. And and our players today, did we, were we at our best today? Absolutely not. Did we give absolutely everything they could as a group of players? Aye, they did. So we're like that. We'll take that point, and um, and we'll we'll look forward to here and and, and Friday night. Paul Pogba's just scored from the penalty spot. Man United won West Ham nil. Let's speak to Kenny on the line. Hi, Kenny. Hi guys, how are you all doing? Good Kenny uh, No, I chuffed a bit today Me and my daughter at the game And uh, absolutely fantastic And I'm, I'm thinking My daughter, I took her to her first game The semi-final in 2012-13 season uh, So I'm thinking uh, That she might just be a wee good luck charm For me for uh, getting the cup again It was convincing in the end, Kenny Were you a bit nervous at half-time? A wee bit, aye it, it, You've got to give Inverness credit, really, at the end of the day. Uh, they came and, and tried to sort of stop parts doing anything, really. But, uh, no, it was, a, it was a great wee afternoon and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's just it's good when you're actually seeing the kids there, you know. No trouble and, you're, and my, my daughter's jumping about like a lunatic and joining <laughs> up there. So, it was great. Yeah, that's what it's all about, Kenny. You know, you want to go there, you want to see your team winning and now you're in a cup final and... Uh, does that ease the pressure on Craig Levine? Because obviously we've had guys on saying that they'd be quite happy for a change, but again, you know, the consideration of some of the players that he lost earlier in the season, you know, to get a cup final. I like that. You know, I, I was sitting thinking it last week. I mean, I listen to the show every night like a diehard. You know, see when you go through, I mean, we lost McLaughlin at the start of the season, the goalie. Yep. Then you lost Michael Smith, we've lost Berra, Suter. Lafferty as well. You know, we've lost Lafferty, aye, Lafferty, Naismith. Big Bigucci, we've lost Jume and uh, Harren in the middle. We've virtually lost the whole team and kind of kept it scraping, but to get to a Scottish Cup final that's meant to be doom and gloom for the hearts of the now. And again, just to add that wee bit, all credit to Ann Budge for getting rid uh, taking a stance on Indians at football games, really. I mean, Hugh, the, Hugh the, top, the top six thing for hearts, yes, I, I don't think six in itself really is acceptable, but if you get top six and a cup final... Not a great deal more to be done there Yes, people may say they should be third or fourth, fine But if you're only a couple of places below that With a cup final mixed in Well, Hearts have got a good deal of work to do Before they get to Hamden on the 25th of May For example, next Saturday, Rangers The one team in the top six That they have taken nothing from this season Even to the very last day of the season When they're at Celtic Park Now it might even be a dress rehearsal for the final, for all we know. Uh, so there's a lot of games to be played and a chance for Craig Levine to redress the balance in many ways. He's got another Hibs game. He could redress the balance for that 2-1 defeat that he suffered at Tynecastle last weekend. So today is the undercoat. They can still paint the town maroon. <laughs> Thanks to Kenny. Let's <laughs> speak to Craig, who's a Falkirk fan. How big was that today, Craig? It was massive and I just think after last week everybody was down but after today everybody should be proud of the boys who played absolutely brilliant. Did you make it along? Yeah, my flow I'm just home just now, my flow is kinda of gone now, yeah. <laughs> How was it then? Was it was it nervy at all or was it always looking like a game you could win? Uh, it was kinda of nervy in the first half. The keeper saved a penalty in the first half and confirmed what I did a team in the first half. Second, second half it was even 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 nah, I mean, but some of the decisions from Boycom as well was a disgrace as well nah it doesn't sound like him Craig I must say yeah. um, five games before this it was five without a win mm. were, were you feeling the worst in previous weeks? yeah after last week I felt the worst I just thought 
we were down last after last week's result, but I think I think we'll survive now. Give us a bit of an insight because the guys who are all in the studio on a Saturday don't get to see Falkirk as often as you do. Who, who's the guy you're pinning your hopes on? Who's going to be the main man for you between now and the end of the season? Ludden. Zach Ludden, maybe Darren Jarvis as well from Luton. can play two up front. Everything the rest of the season will be fine. Don't like playing one up. Yeah, Zach Rodden's had a great goal return, yeah. Alex, on yeah, one from Rangers. Absolutely. You're just looking for the young guy to make an impact, and he's managed to do that. So I think he's in double figures now, Gordon. And, but in terms of the grand scale thing, we have spoken about Alloa today. The importance of that Falkirk win is absolutely mammoth because it gives you a bit of breathing space in terms of you don't want to be down the bottom, psychological, but you're always looking to try and go up the way. We're just looking at some of the teams, Patrick Thistle, Falkirk, Queen of the South, Morton. These are all teams that are actually kind of chapter and verse in within that level. And may well be two They might drop out it's, it's phenomenal I think like Falkirk And Thistle Are picking up Enough points Here and there Picking up ones like today I, I think Queen of the South Are the ones Who Have they got downward momentum A downward momentum Without a doubt For a good few months now And if you're taking mm. Doby out the team Who scores those goals Then they're in trouble But like You know Craig must be delighted A thousand fans Was it Went out To support Falkirk today That's a huge falling yeah. For that level I mean for a season Like you've had Craig To take a thousand fans There and win That must have been I mean, a, two, a thousand incredible fans two, two thousand Two thousand, well, uh, two thousand yeah, yeah. They weren't, they weren't, You know it was only Half on their journey But two thousand fans They, they weren't getting that kind of, Craig they weren't getting any kind of fans Since uh, since my days Back in <laughs> 40 years ago <laughs> I remember you playing this so You must have right. called you. Craig did he have hair uh, Back then yeah, we'll leave it there then Thank you to Craig in Falkirk A happy Falkirk fan uh, Before we go Hugh Keevans We are back tomorrow What's in store? What's in store is an epic Because Aberdeen are travelling to Glasgow Knowing that they're better on the road Than they are at home They are travelling to Hampden Park In the knowledge that They can get a result against Celtic And go and face Hearts in the final on the Celtic side of things, there are players there who are coming back to full fitness. Rogic, Christie, Insham, they are top quality players. It doesn't matter who the manager is, there's an awful lot of quality at Celtic. If they exhibit their quality, Celtic will go to play Hearts in the final. But there is the fascination of a two-sided coin. That was Hugh Keevens joined in the studio by Mark Wilson and Alex Ray. A special thanks to our guest Paul Hartley from earlier on. We had the top team all around the grounds bringing you all the big talking points. But as always, the biggest thanks goes to you for your company this afternoon, for your calls and tweets on the open line, and a Sunday bonus for you as well. We're back tomorrow at one o'clock for that big game. Please join us. GBX is up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.